I was an environmental scientist when I had my loss and my near-death experience. And when I came back, I instantly had a message that I needed to become a nurse, which was a complete pivot for me because I was not at all interested in medicine or the medical field whatsoever. And so I can remember a moment when I was laying in the bed in the ICU and I just kind of was like, yeah, there's no way, right? There's no, if that's if you even get out of here alive, right? Welcome to the Intuitively Aligned Podcast, a place for changemakers to cultivate their intuition and foster greater impact in their everyday lives. I am your guide, Sydney Bloom. Hi, friends. I am so excited to share today's episode with you. Our guest is Melinda Peterson. Melinda is a registered nurse, an intuitive health practitioner, motivational speaker, loss mama and near-death survivor. Today, we are lucky enough to have the chance to hear firsthand what Melinda went through in her near-death experience as she accompanied her son to the other side, only to return to this world a short time later. Melinda also shares the amazing life changes that followed these experiences, how she managed navigating through trauma and loss, and how she is now leveraging her intuition for greater impact through her Scarlet Coaching Center. Scarlet is a global movement helping people build luminous and healthy lives by connecting to their body's inner wisdom. Melinda has worked with nonprofits, small businesses, and has helped people all over the world. Melinda and her life partner live in Fort Collins, Colorado, with their curious daughter, of course, their son in spirit, and their playful poodle. I really, really hope that you all enjoy this episode. I think giving the description of some of Melinda's experiences should hopefully be a sufficient heads up around the depth and intensity of some of the topics we'll be talking about. And for those who are open to it, whatever your own experiences have been, I can guarantee you that this is going to be an amazing listen. You will not just receive the beautiful medicine of Melinda's story, you will also receive the light that she shines so that we can more freely and accessibly tap into the wisdom of our own bodies to live a richer life. I hope you enjoy. I just want to say I have loved, I'm going to cry already. Darn it. I have listened to every episode you've put out so far, and I believe in what you're doing strongly, and I believe that you are setting a new a new pathway for a lot of people to explore their intuition in the way that they want to and just giving them that space and holding that space for them and the guests that you've had on have so far have been such beautiful people as well so i just thank you thank you for that i feel that too i really feel it too and i feel like the stories that come through this podcast will guide people into their own alignment so that they can really live. I always feel like you're kind of living or you're just really slowly dying mm -hmm. in life. And so I really want people to be listening and feeling more alive and, and really witnessing the diversity of experiences that people have so that it's not that they feel that tapping into your intuition is some other thing, that actually people do it in all of these incredible ways and that people go through 
life experiences that would seem unimaginable to other people and yet find a way through it. So I'm really honored and I've been so excited for your episode for like months, like since before you and I ever had a phone call, (laughs) I knew that I wanted to have you on the podcast. (laughs) I appreciate that. I feel really, really, really grateful to have you here. I often ask people to just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, like who you are, who are your people, where do you come from? Yeah, so I am a being of light having this human experience. I grew up in Minnesota, the Midwest, and I play many roles, one of them being a mother to a daughter here and a son in spirit and a doggie. I'm a life partner and we live in Fort Collins, Colorado. And I am a nurse and a health intuitive. So my definition of intuition is that it really requires bypassing the higher processing of your brain and getting into your cells and systems And so while it may sound similar to instinct, right? Instinct, the difference is that instinct causes you to react, Mm. whereas intuition causes you to know. Yes, that resonates 100%. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And so I nearly died in 2014 when I was pregnant with my son. And so many things happened in that time. The one thing that was really transformational for me was experiencing the other side and having a shared death experience where I was able to really acknowledge the love on the other side and experience the love on the other side and know that my son, who was not going to come back to the earth plane, was held and was loved. And I also like enjoyed the experience for myself and I thought, And I knew something was happening. I knew that my memories were starting to kind of go away, but I was so enthralled and enthused about this beautiful love and this light experience that I was having that I knew things were changing. But then when things started to shift and I started to know that I was coming back, I started receiving all these messages. And one of them was that the wisdom is in the body and It completely transformed how I was thinking about myself. And so when I came back to my body, my body was very sick and I was on life support and a bunch of machines. So I was not in my higher processing of the brain, right? I was deeply ingrained in my intuition. And it was up to my cells at this point to come back for me. It was up to my cells to figure it out. It was up to their inner knowing to work this out for me. And when my brain started to come back and started to experience and and recall some of these messages that were I received on the other side, I instantly knew my entire life was going to be different. I was and I was being called to become a nurse. And I but I didn't realize that was just the beginning of this exploration story. And I became a nurse and came back home to my body through learning how it worked and healed once I was well enough to go to school. And that was truly the way that I healed and reconciled what had happened to my body and also the beginning of something even more transformational for me. First off, I am so sorry for your loss. I am. And 
hearing you describe your own near-death experience and actually going to the other side with him, did you say that you felt like you and he were together when you went over, but that you were called back basically into your body after some time? Yeah. Like, I just can't imagine. I think I think we have so much to learn from you around navigating our humanity, really, and what it means to be on the other side, because I think we have all kinds of ideas, right, that you've actually had an experience where you were there what was it like for you to come back from that yeah yeah it's a beautiful question because you know I am human as well right I had this experience and I am human and I kind of hold both so and yeah. very much in a duality where I know kind of what I'm not I'm no longer scared of death I kind of know what is is next for me and I'm still human and I still grieved the loss and I still had to go and understand that I couldn't have any others and my body was different and everything that I knew before didn't make sense anymore. I still very much hold both like the human side and the other side. I think that it's important to acknowledge that any of us who, who go through a transformational experience, it doesn't even have to be near death that you know we're we're still human right and we're still going to have feelings and we're still going to need each other and we're still going to have bad days right and yeah and yet it was i what i was starting to notice too was that with this calling back to my body and calling into intuition again that I, in some of my, you know, groups that I was in, I went to a pregnancy loss group, infertility loss group, many groups that helped me, but I was also able to help others. And, you know, I was providing energy healing and, and Reiki before I even knew what it was. And just leaning into that space of like the inner knowing that I carried from having this experience would you be comfortable talking about what was happening on earth while you were on the other side? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this is something I have relied on my husband and other people who showed up, nurses that I'm still friends with, to put the pieces together for me mm -hmm. because I really don't know. And one of the things that Ryan did that was really helpful for him when he felt like he had no power and control over what was happening was he kept a journal of the day-to-day -day of what was happening to me. You know, I, I underwent kidney failure and liver failure, and I was on a respirator as well, breathing for me. And so I had to, so basically all of my organs were either teetering or were in failure. So my entire body was needing to have support. And so as certain organs would start to come back, they would start to work on others. And so since I was in kidney failure, I was undergoing daily dialysis and a whole lot of medication to keep my blood pressure up, to keep mm -hmm. my heart my heart from stopping. And 
I had my husband at my bedside and they had my son whose name is Oak. That was our name for the pregnancy because we didn't want to reveal a name ahead of time. And we loved oak trees and we were married right beside Oak Creek in Sedona, Arizona. So oaks are really important to us. And that's actually his official name as well, uh, because my husband felt it was the most appropriate for him after he was delivered. There were pictures that were taken, which are quite beautiful. And all of these things that were decided were arduous decisions for my family and for my husband. And I recognize that because they had no idea what to expect. They had never been through anything like this before. I don't know, but I believe at that point when, when I was on the other side, I believe that was the point where I feel very strongly that was the point where I was holding him as well on the other side. And of course, there's no time on the other side, so I don't know for sure. Right. But I just, I know that there was, again, getting back to that inner knowing, getting back to that spirit presence. I feel very much that that was connected both on earth, the earth side and on the other side. So I sometimes question and I sometimes wonder if we had had the same experience, if that was not an opportunity presented to me. So I do acknowledge and thank the people that were able to make that experience possible and also acknowledge what a difficult decision that was for my husband to go through on top of everything else. It's like one thing to think about what you've been through and you were in this otherworldly journey and then to think about what he was going through beside you is like I don't know why that's getting me. This is sort of back to what we were talking about before, that people just have no idea what other people go through. And we like go through our days and we go through our lives trying to use the information that we perceive to make decisions. And yet so often we make assumptions about how people are and who they are. And like, you know, like I'm sure that your, your partner goes through his life and people don't know that he's been through this with you and with Oak, you know? Yeah. These are the kinds of experiences you wouldn't wish on anybody in the world. And, and yet here you are, right? Humans that live through tragedy, live through travel to the other side and back. And a love that has your partner by your side and nurses and friends and family gathered. And it's no surprise to me that you would come back and then dedicate your life to different kinds of transformation and healing and love for people who are frontline healthcare providers and people who are healing in their bodies like that just to me seems so aligned. I really want to ask you a bit more about what changed in your inner knowing when you came back. Recognizing that people who lose a child in childbirth or during pregnancy or afterwards recognizing that everybody has their own experience and their own loss and grief and process around it. Is there anything that you would share with parents who have had a similar experience to you and Ryan based on your time spent on the other side? Yeah. Oh, such a wonderful question. On the practical side for parents who have experienced 
this kind of loss, I would say find your people, find the people who have been through it, grieve together. It's, it's, it's really difficult for a lot of family and friends to understand what you're going through. When I went back to my workplace, they were so unsupportive or understanding. I just think they didn't know how to navigate it. And it was in fact more harmful for me to be into in that kind of environment. So it wasn't really until I found the nonprofit that I've done some work for as well and sat on the board of Return to Zero Hope, which is based on the film Return to Zero, which is a film about pregnancy loss. It's actually the founder's story of her loss and stillbirth. And I didn't watch the movie right away because I wasn't yeah. ready for that, but I found the groups and I found the healing and they offer online groups as well. And it doesn't have to be them, but just find those people that can help support you right away that get it. And that was, that was pivotal for me and for Ryan. And I would say on the spiritual side of things, and the human side of things of course you want your child to be here you want to know what their life is going to be like you want to know what they're experiencing you want to know how they grow up you want to experience childbirth right maybe you didn't get an opportunity to experience that beautiful thing i have not either actually technically in the in the real sense right because yeah i was i was in a coma all of those things that you that that is very real and that is very valid and the other side is so full of love it is impossible to describe in our language our language is too limited to really express what it's like the closest i've ever been able to come to actually describe it would be you know the touch of someone you know when you when you're really connecting with someone and you hold their hand for the first time and you feel like their fingers right and you get that rush through your entire body right or if you experience like the most beautiful sunset you've ever seen and the sunset just resonates like through your entire being or you hear a piece of music which just carries you either back to a situation that you really loved or carries carries you into a new situation that you just like you feel it in your in your gut and in your hips and in your root chakra I mean you just feel it everywhere right anything that really carries you kind of outside of yourself but also makes you feel held is close to right the love that you experience on the other side I will say too, the veil is very thin. So those of us who have received those kind of losses, we can start to connect once we've kind of healed that initial, or, you know, it never heals, but once we've fully, right? Yeah. Once we've kind of grieved that initial shock, right? And we've done that in groups or pairs or however that shows up for us, we can start to develop a new relationship with our children on the other side because the veil is so thin. So I receive messages from Oak all the time, unsurprisingly, through leaves. I had one time a leaf in the back of my trunk and my trunk hadn't been open in weeks. Mm. You know, there's so many ways that he has shown up for me. And so that and that for me has been such a beautiful part of the healing process to bring him back into my life in a new way and just understand that he's on the other side 
immersed in all this love and mm -hmm. light and that he's continuously sending me messages and I can call upon him if I need him as well and send him the love that comes from our earthly experience to the love of a mother. How are you doing? Right. He's, he would be nine now, right. Even though time doesn't exist on the other side, I see him very much as like a little boy and, you know, he's, he's kind of doing his own thing right now and he has his friends and he, and yet he's still very loving and still very close to mom and still very creative and generous with his time when it comes to <laughs> comes to his mother he's not completely like gone into you know older older kid teenager life right and so yeah i will say that that starts to integrate for you and it will happen it will happen even if it's really really tough to see right now and i know it is tough to see well and i imagine that like you were describing coping with the loss, coping with your own grief and experience going through it in real time and having those supports around is so important. But I would also imagine that for a lot of people, they're not, you know, I think you and I are very privileged to be in spaces where we can speak openly about spiritual experiences and not have people roll their eyes at us or be critical or worry about what they would say behind our backs or something like that. And so I'm also imagining that for parents who go through this experience and then navigate the immediate loss and navigate their physical health recovery and beginning to integrate the experience that they've been through, people might need a completely different set of supports. So I'm sure there are people who are talking to their little ones on the other side openly within their own spiritual experience but then for people who desire that and feel like it's not available to them and feel like how would they even try and who could they even talk to about it like what would your advice be for that because I feel like that would be you know I say this very openly I know more women who have navigated full-term loss of their babies and pregnancy losses in the last two years than I know people who brought living children into the world. And so I just know there's so many parents either grieving or living with these experiences they've been through. And so for somebody who wants to say, okay, cool. Like I would love to connect with my baby on the other side. Like this is all new to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and it, I love that you brought up other people may not be as open to it in their life. And that's, I think that's part of what holds us back. It's a big, huge part of what holds us back. You know, what will my in-laws say? What will my other children say? Will they think, what will my partner say? You know, whatever their situation is. And that's a lot of what holds us back from trying to develop that relationship. And so then I think there's assumptions, right? When you talk about me, you know, having integrated this part of, of me and, and having open conversations with my son that it seems like, you know, that wasn't my experience and it's, it was very much and it still is. Right. And so I still hold sacred some of this. Yes. I'm sharing it on a podcast, right. Accessible to anybody, but I still do hold sacred a lot of this relationship in my own container. And I only let in people who I know are safe. And I think that's really important to acknowledge, right. That, that that's available to you. Other people don't need to understand and you have full permission to explore this in your own way. 
and it's not weird. It's actually very, it's very normal and it's very healthy as a part of our mental processing, right, of this mm -hmm. grief and loss. And I think if you're really new to it, right, it just starts with even lighting a candle and just saying, I acknowledge if you have a name for your baby, if you don't have a name for your baby, lighting a candle and just saying, I'm thinking of you, baby, right? Or having a time every day where you do, you light this candle for this, for this baby. And as you start to open up to it more, I'd say if you have pictures, ultrasound pictures or pictures of the baby being born, you know, start to, to put the pictures around the candle, start to build a little altar if that's available to you and start to build in a little bit of a ritual and just calling in the love that you have with this baby. You just call in the love. You're not asking for any guidance necessarily. You're not, you know, trying to do something that's like really woo woo. You're just basically acknowledging that they mattered. Yeah. And that they matter to you and you matter to them. And just starting there and then just seeing, asking questions like, what else could I do? If you feel open to it, what else could I do to keep fostering this relationship, keep developing this relationship if it feels right to you? I think that's really beautiful advice. And you just made me think of something which, you know, I often, as I talk to friends who are becoming new moms and my own kids are one and a half and three and a half at the time that we're recording this, I think a lot about what happens, you know, when you have a child and you start a family and how tender new motherhood is and what the postpartum experience is like. And I think, I don't know, I'm curious to know what you think of this, but as you're describing, allowing yourself to open to the connection with your baby who has passed away or who's on the other side, I also think, you know, when I talk to new moms, one thing that I think people don't talk about enough is how you motherhood changes us, right? And I think motherhood changes us from the moment you dream to become a parent, the moment you dream to become a mother. I'm talking about it in that much larger sense, really from the moment that that dream enters our hearts and enters our minds and our souls. And then whatever your journey is to create a family or to become pregnant or to have a baby or to grow your family in whatever ways those things happen or to hold the dream and to not live it in your life in this life. But as I talk with women who are new mothers, one thing that I notice is that there's this conversation that we have around how we society focuses so much on the baby being born and all of these things about the baby, but we don't necessarily as a society hold the new mother and tend to the new mother and hold the both parents together if there's a partner or a spouse. And I feel like as you're talking about this beautiful ritual to honor the spirit of your pregnancy and your spirit of your baby, there's also, I would invite in potentially for people for whom it would be healing and integrative to invite in yourself as a mother too. I think our society conditions women in particular to have different kinds of insecurities around our bodies and um, people feel all kinds of ways about their pregnant bodies. But I also feel like there's such a beauty and such a power in allowing ourselves to witness ourselves in pregnancy. And so, especially for the 
mothers who maybe don't have their child in their arms and in their physical form to be with them and be living with them, allowing themselves to still honor and revere themselves and their own body and the journey that they shared. You know, if if for somebody that feels safe and comforting and integrative, maybe not even comforting, because I think a lot of this work can be really uncomfortable, but for it to be healing, maybe, and also to potentially have photos of themselves pregnant on that journey, because I feel like that is a part of the human journey and motherhood is such a big part of people's journeys, whether or not they have the child and the family on the other side of it or not, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I was thinking of the imagery you're using of the candle and having that photo of something from your pregnancy journey, I think is also important acknowledging you are a mother, you are mothering your way and connecting back to the body and what a beautiful experience that is and how sometimes it can be such a difficult experience for people if you want this and you're fortunate enough to carry a being in your body, right? the cells start to integrate and you actually start to integrate from the placental exchange. You actually start to integrate some of their DNA as well. And so mm. you change, you're fundamentally changed forever, yes. even if it's a short time, right? From even if your pregnancy only lasted a short time and even from, you know, considering about being a mother, if you were unable to carry a child, right? You change, your body changes. Yes. Um, you go through a hormonal process, right? And you start to integrate their cells in yourself. And it is a transformation, right? You're never who you were before. And so I, I love that you brought that up, Sydney, because it's such a beautiful thing to honor and acknowledge whether your baby is here in your arms or not, and whether you were able to carry the pregnancy or not. And that includes those partners out there, right? Who have been bearing witness, or if there isn't a partner maybe there's a family member or a sacred friend or somebody who's been there with you to bear witness to this process they have fundamentally changed as well in experiencing this and then in being involved in your sacred container with you as you start this journey and the the experience just it it's it's so sacred and so deep right i think birth and death death too right they're they're some of the most they are right the most yes. sacred human experiences and sometimes they're very close to each other and so just bearing witness to that experience as well as difficult and as beautiful as it can be i'm just reflecting on everything we've talked about and i feel like i think your journey is truly so inspiring and I just feel like you're an incredible example and I don't it's not to put you on a pedestal because I think everybody has their human experiences but I also think as we navigate the themes of grief and loss in our lives it can be really really helpful to have role models and leaders and spokespeople who are leaning into the integration that can come through doing that work and allowing ourselves to process that grief. 
So obviously I think you're amazing. And you made a career pivot after you physically recovered. And I'm curious if you can talk about first off, like whether you noticed certain things had changed in your intuition right away, or how did you come into the knowing that you now hold which you've brought into your nursing career and into your coaching work. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So I was an environmental scientist when I had my loss and my near-death experience. And I was in a new, newer role. I was kind of at a good point in my career where I was sort of leading a lot of the innovation and working in the climate change space particularly. And so I was, you know, kind of expected to keep going on a upper trajectory, right? Cause I was already, you know, leading a lot of workshops and symposiums and being the keynotes and doing all the things, right? And then this happened. And when I came back, I instantly had a message that I needed to become a nurse which was a complete pivot for me because I was not at all interested in medicine or the medical field whatsoever. And so I can remember a moment when I was laying in the bed in the ICU and I was, I need to become a nurse. And I just kind of was like, yeah, there's no way, right? There's no, if that's, if you even get out of here alive, right? You know, sure, you know, whatever, but it kept getting louder and louder. So I was like, okay, um, I went back to my previous career. It wasn't the same. Everything had changed. I just saw the world differently. The work is still very important. Don't get me yes, wrong. Of course. I just saw the world differently and I needed to explore. And so I just, I just started taking some classes that would be prerequisites to becoming a nurse and loved them and found everything in the cellular knowledge and in the intuition piece of it that really excited me about it right it was like okay we're doing all of these things to work and to heal every day and none of us are acknowledging the inner knowing that's happening that's causing that in the first place and i was like okay i just need to keep exploring this so i became a nurse but that was just the beginning when i went out to do the traditional nurse work and i worked in the hospital I started getting, you know, clairvoyant, clairaudient nudges, right? Not just when people were experiencing something that needed to be addressed, that was happening. And I was also experiencing like organ conversations. Someone's liver would start to tell me like, I'm feeling very stifled by this situation or, you know, or I need to express myself in a different way, like something's not working for me, whatever it was. And it would turn out like there was a medicine or something that they were responding to right in their labs. We would look at their blood labs and their liver enzymes would be high. There was a medication that, that was just not agreeing with their body or something was happening, right? But you had so already, this, heard, the, the liver had already told you. So yes, the liver had already told me. And so it was not surprising. And, you know, I couldn't share that with anybody at work because they would think I was totally wacky, right? Very few people that I worked with at the hospital were open to this. So I found other channels like my other people. Did you write it down mm-hmm. out of curiosity? Yeah, yeah, I did. And then I, I started to kind of, I, that was the way I processed it, right? It was to write it down because I felt like I couldn't talk to people about it. And of course, like feeling 
feeling into like my own body system, right? And noticing things that would happen when my breath would get shorter, like that there was something impending or, you know, when my gut, like my gut would be off on certain days. And if I had a patient over certain days and I knew the patient for, you know, like the three days that I was working and my gut would take a turn. I was like, there's something that needs to be addressed here. And more frequently than not, there was, there was, and it happened the other way too. Like I would get acknowledgement from somebody who had just had surgery and their body saying, thank you. Like, thank oh. you. I finally feel this relief. I finally can work again. Like this blockage is taken care of. I, there's a flow to it. And I would almost hear the sounds of a river, like this flow is returning, right? Wow. And so what I love about this body work and leaning into our own body messages that we do is it's really a two-way conversation, right? So it's not just our body telling us what's not right. It's also about our body telling us what's right. And that for me is so inspiring because I know we have a tendency in the field, which is what we specialize in, right? We specialize taking care of people who are ill, but we don't, you know, look at the overall things that are working, you know? And I think that that's, that's, that's where the really, the connection can start to happen even when you're well to really lean into getting back home to our bodies and getting away from these terrible messages that we're told all the time about how it's not, it doesn't look right, or it doesn't, you know, it isn't acting right, or it isn't dressing right, whatever the story is, and getting back into the magic that it is, and the processes that are happening for us and for our highest good, and the acknowledgement from it, that it's feeling right, and what we're doing is okay. I just love that part of my work. And just seeing the, the freeing of um, our bodies are very much tied to our emotions as well. And so seeing that freeing of we need to work through this, whatever those emotions are, seeing that freedom to do that, to do that through ourselves is so beautiful. And I love that part of my work. That's absolutely incredible. I'm sure there will be people listening who are like, well, that sounds amazing. How do I, how do I listen to give my body more of what it wants? Because I think with intuition in general, people hear the stories that I share about some of the, you know, incredible experiences that I've had. And they're hearing you talk about your experiences. Are there things that people like anybody could do to receive more messages from their body on this level that you're describing? Yeah, well, I would say if you would like more guidance on it, like to really go deep, to join me in the Third Eye Library. I'm in the Scarlet Room in the library, and I do a lot of teaching in there as well and workshops if you really want to go deep. But I also would start to just ask the question. I don't want it to be all in our thoughts, right? So if we start to ask a question, when we're in our sleep is a really good time, right? Before we go to bed, we can ask a question. What do I need to know? Then our dreams will work it out. We will we will be out of our head as much and we'll be back into our body. Sleep is the time when we don't have to tell our systems what to do. They just know, which yes. general, when we're awake works as well. And then in the awake state, I, I would say that setting an understanding that and getting out of this higher processing of our brain and into our intuition 
setting an understanding that we have multiple ways of knowing and thinking throughout our body. And so they come from the gut. Yes, they come from the brain, but they also come from the gut. Huge, huge area of our inner knowing. Anyone who's had anxiety, you know, and issues with their bowels knows that, right? Very much there's, there's a connection in our gut. It's also in our skin. It's also in our our blood flow. It's also in our lymphatic system. Really any of our systems, right? They have their own inner knowing and they can give you a direction through your intuition as well. And so just starting to like understand that and starting to explore that a little bit, it's it's it can sound really deep, but I feel like it's it's just like getting to know them, right? It just yeah again just you know like how they work it doesn't even have to be like getting into the whole spiritual side but just like asking a question about okay so i recently got this scar right and how did it heal how did that actually work right Mm -hmm. how did the platelets come together to form a plug and you know we start the skin started to remodel how did that actually start to work and just getting curious about that again it's almost like going back to health class right yes (laughs) yeah But we're so far removed from it in our everyday lives and and here it is and then you as you start to like open that door and get curious about how it works and how all these beautiful things are coming together then you'll start to start to see like beyond that and start to recognize well, why is it doing that right well, what is what else is occurring that's like making this magical thing happen for my highest good for my body to function for me to do the things i want to do and then you start to explore and you start to go deeper. Whatever way that looks for you is is good. If you like to journal, if you like to voice note, if you like to meditate on it, if you like, to, if you want to go more into the dream work, it's just this process of coming back home to our own sacredness. I love the way you just described that because I do think our curiosity can lead us to a lot of that inner knowing. And even if somebody didn't have the language to know the part of their body, but they're they woke up in the morning and suddenly we're thinking about like my hand is on my left hip right now and I'm putting my hand there that I could literally go and look up what are those parts and intuitively from sitting with it, get some idea. Like obviously there's so much deeper work to be done around this. And I think it's really good advice that people could come and actually participate in a group with you or, or study with you. But I was just thinking like, I love that advice about you could just go and be curious about that part and and learn about what it does and learn about the miracle of what our bodies are doing to begin to get that insight. I feel like I have a lot of medical intuition for somebody who has not done any kind of medical studies. So I often in the back of my mind think about, oh, if I was going to try to pursue that more deeply, what would I do? But to actually learn about the parts that are calling to us would make so much sense as a starting place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know that telling our stories can also bring us back into those experiences and the pain that they also had. So I thank you. And I'm sorry too, if that happened. Yeah. Thank um, you. I appreciate, I appreciate that. I We do heal through storytelling, right? Because yeah. then we start to see each other and each other. And so I, I, I loved that you received my story today and you asked about it and you were curious about it. And I hope that it's helpful for others as well, even if they haven't had this type of experience or this type of loss, just to go deeper in themselves and to look at their own bodies. And we're not getting through this life without grief too, right? And so even if it's not grief of a child, 
the grief of anyone that they love, that they know that they're held and loved on the other side and that you will someday too, and that we can work through our own fears around death and know that we will be okay. And so anyway, I, I hope that that people appreciate me sharing and that it was helpful for today. And I really, I'm really so grateful to you, Sydney, for being open to this conversation, for having me on. I feel like you and I, it was not a matter of if, it was a matter of when. And I just really love what you're doing with this podcast because it's, it's there for anyone to find their intuition in their own way. And just opening that door and creating an expansion within them through these stories is just so important. And I'm just glad that you're the messenger because you are so beautiful in what you do and the way that you ask questions. So thank you so much. I am so humbled to be here having this conversation with you. And I really feel privileged in my life that I get to do this right now and that this is where my path has led. So I'm really grateful to be here doing it. We're not going anywhere. I'm just so excited to know how many people will be touched by these stories. I think we have so much further to go collectively around not just our individual healing and our experiences with our families, but also what we're doing as a collective to be as vital and well and joyful as we can be and as empowered too. So I think what you're doing is a big, important piece of that work. I really, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. To our audience, I want to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe, share, or click the notification button on your podcast platform. For those listening on Apple Podcasts, I would be so grateful for a five-star rating and a written review. This will also make it easier for other listeners to find the show. If you want to connect with me more, please join me on Substack. I will be posting longer-form written pieces about my intuitive changemaker journey, as well as bonus audio content, and having online discussions with the Intuitively Aligned podcast community. You can also find me through Instagram at Sydney Rebeck. Yes, that's Sydney Rebeck without an A on the end. Or through my website, www.sydneybloom.com. I also want to give a shout out to our podcast producer, Wilson Lynn. And I want to thank you again for joining me on this journey. I can't wait for you to hear the next episode.